everything perfect. Suddenly the door opens, and an old man, in a long grey beard and perambulating manner, wanders into the room. He stares at the wife and bumbles, Did you say Thursday or Friday? My memory is not what it was. And the wife stares at the old man, and then at the blonde organist, and the blonde organist stares at the mother of his beautiful children, and then at the bearded interloper and they all stare at each other and feel very embarrassed. The story is familiar to you. Well, perhaps so. It is the story of the Eternal Triangle, the most useful pattern of geometrical forms in the construction of a romantic pattern. Hey-ho! The trouble with human triangles is that they are never equilateral. Two sides together are invariably greater than the third side. Jim Canning was the third side of a triangle, and he got flattened out. In fact, his wife used to flatten him out on every possible occasion. She was bigger than he, and she was aided by the tertium quid, Ted Woolhams, who was nothing more or less than a professional pugilist. What was Jim to do? In every well-conducted epic, the hero performs physical feats which leave you breathless. He is always tall and strong and a bit too quick with the rapier for any villain who crosses his path. But what about a hero who is small and elderly, of poor physique, short-sighted, asthmatical, with corns which impede his gait? You may say that he has no place in the heroic arena. He should clear out, go and get on with his job, and leave heroism to people who know how to manage the stuff. And yet there was something heroic in the heart of Jim Canning a quick sympathy and an instinct for self-sacrifice. He used to keep a second-hand furniture shop, which you must understand is a very different thing from an antique shop. Jim's furniture had no determinate character, such as that which is associated with the name of Chippendale, Sheraton or Hepplewhite. It was just furniture. Well-worn sofas, broken chairs and tables, mattresses with the stuffing exuding from holes, rusty brass beds with the knobs missing broken pots and mirrors and dumbbells, even clothes and screws, false teeth and bird cages and ancient umbrellas. But his speciality was old iron, trays and trays and baskets filled with scraps of old iron. His establishment used to be known in Camden Town at that time as the Muck Shop. At odd times of the day you might observe his small pathetic figure trundling a barrow laden with the spoils of some hard-pressed inhabitant. What a tale the little shop seemed to tell. Struggle and poverty, homes broken up, drink, ugly passions, desperate sacrifices, a battered array of the symbols of distress. And somehow, in his person, these stories seemed to be embodied. One felt that he was sorry for the people whose property he bought. He was also known as a fair dealer. He paid a fair price and never took advantage of ignorance. His marriage was a failure from the very first. She was a big, strapping woman, the daughter of a local greengrocer. Twelve years younger than Jim, vain, frivolous, empty-headed and quarrelsome. Her reasons for marrying him were obscure. Probably she had arrived at the time when she wanted to marry and Jim was regarded as a successful shopkeeper who could keep her in luxury. He was blinded by her physical attractions, 
and tried his utmost to believe that his wife was everything to be desired. Disillusionment came within the first month of their married life, at the moment indeed, when Clara realised that her husband's business was not so thriving as she had been led to believe. She immediately accused him of deceiving her. Then she began to sulk and neglect him. She despised his manner of conducting business, his conscientiousness and sense of fair dealing. If you put some ginger into it, she once remarked, and not always be thinking about the feelings of the tribe you buy from, we might have a house in Camden Road and a couple of servants. This had never been Jim's ambition. Many years ago, he had attended a sale at Shawell Green on the borders of Sussex, a glorious spot near the Downs, amid lime trees and little running streams. It had been the dream of his life that one day he would retire there with the woman he loved and her children.